Hey friends, welcome to The Jill Monaco Show. I'm your host, Jill, and I'm so glad you're here. I'm a speaker, author, and life coach. Some weeks I share what God is teaching me, and other times I invite a friend to join me on the podcast and we chat about what it means to love God, love ourselves, and love others. Here we go. back to the Jill Monaco show. I have been looking forward to sharing this podcast with you. Some of you know that before I went into full-time ministry, I was a professional singer and actress. I still do some professional commercial and voiceover work. I actually majored in musical theater in college, sang backups for Perry Como, and traveled all over the U.S. with things like national tours, dinner theater, and a bunch of other really cool opportunities around the world. I recently had a conversation with a friend who encouraged me to share that part of my life with you. And I hesitated because I I just thought it wasn't spiritual enough. But she reminded me that God uses everything we love and all of our experiences so we bring Him glory in our present, and He uses it for the plans He has for our future. My podcast guest today is someone that is living out the perfect combination of faith in the entertainment industry, or maybe it's the other way around, the entertainment experience in ministry. Well, I'm excited to introduce you to my guest, Andrea Coley. She has a master's degree from Fuller Theological Seminary. She's also a pastor, speaker, author, and wait for it, comedian. She's been described as having the ability to transform a room into a fun atmosphere while enriching it with the truth of God's Word. She uses her background in improv comedy and her biblical knowledge to inspire others to discover God's unique call for their lives. Having worked professionally in business, ministry, and comedy, she's able to connect any audience member regardless of where they are in their spiritual journey. Andrea is enthusiastic inspirational, and relatable. Whether you're laughing, crying, or a bit of both, her sense of humor will capture your intention and lead you on a journey to the heart of the message. We had an awesome chat about how she's using improv as a way to say yes and. She uses improv as a way to express the idea that God wants us to remain open and flexible to His plans knowing that you and God can write your story together. It creates a life of freedom as you explore all the possibilities God has for you. Andrea has tested and lived this out. In 2003, she moved to Las Vegas and had the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to join the cast of Second City's Scriptless, an all-improv show on the Vegas Strip. She has a video that completely cracks me up, and I can't wait for you to hear about that, too. Well, right now, she ministers at Crosswinds Church in the San Francisco Bay Area as a teaching pastor and as part of the creative arts team, and she partners with her husband, Chris, who is the senior pastor. Well, are you looking forward to hearing from Andrea? Yeah, me too. Let's get to it. Well, Andrea, welcome to the Jill Monaco Show. Thank you. Excited to get some time with you today. 
I am so excited for people to hear you. I know we, full disclosure, everyone who's listening, we actually talked last week, I guess, or two weeks ago, whatever it was, to kind of get to know each other so we would know what we wanted to talk about here. And we just should have recorded that. We just should have recorded that conversation. (laughs) Right. I agree. There was, we're just basically going to have a conversation and then, you know, if people listen, that's great, but I'm just excited to talk to you. I know it. I am too. So, well, one of the things that I love about you is that you have had kind of an eclectic, you know, career, I guess, if, for lack of a better term, <laughs> sure, that's a good um, which for which reminds me kind of of me. So maybe this is all about me in the end that I really like you because I like me. I'm not really sure. But um, I would love for the audience to just kind of get to know you. And as I do, just tell a little bit of your history and background, where you've come from. Right. Well, yes, it was definitely a path that took a lot of detours and a lot of that was because I felt called into ministry, um, finishing up college, went to seminary. But by the time I was done with seminary, I was getting married to a pastor. And so, and at that time we were planting a church. So, mm-hmm. you know, anything about church plants, there's not a lot of funds to support a lot of staff. So what right. that meant was that I served in a, you know, a volunteer role in the church plant, but I had to go out and get a, you know, quote unquote, real job. So that kind of began a string of crazy jobs, which were from working in a college at the, like on the presidential floor as an admin to working in a coffee house to working at then a different college when we moved to Michigan to working as a an activities coordinator at um, an assisted living facility, wow. um, to then working at a meat company, <laughs> <laughs> um, then to having my own business where I taught music and movement classes to little kids, which mm-hmm. I was fairly good at, but I didn't really like it. Um, <laughs> to maybe that's it. I might be forgetting some, but there was just a lot of, a lot of odd jobs all the whole while still doing ministry, still, um, that being my passion, but just a lot of weird jobs. Not in, and then I guess I didn't mention, you know, working in Las Vegas as well, but we'll get to that. Right. Not like people think working in Las Vegas. Right. Well, we'll leave that as a teaser. (laughs) That's right. We'll tell you. Right. We will fill you in on that later. Um, well, you know, sometimes people see where you're at now and think, oh, I want to do that. How do I do that? How do I become a speaker and all, you know, what looks so glamorous and, you know, part of a church that's successful. And you're like, listen, <laughs> you, do you really want to know what road. I had to do? <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's true. And I have felt that way, too. I mean, I remember feeling that way looking at other people who were where mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to be and thinking like, well, why are they so lucky? And that's, I mean, maybe there's some luck, but it's definitely yeah. mostly just a lot of work. Yeah. Did you feel like while you were doing all those odd jobs, um, I know there's a lot of people who are doing, you know, certain things that they don't want to do as a career because they want to be able to do ministry. Was there any time that you doubted or questioned God with what was going on? That's a good question. I I don't think I questioned or doubted God's call on my life. 
I definitely got impatient with the timing of it. Um, Mm -hmm. When I finally was able to work full time at a church, that ended up only lasting about two years before we moved again. So that felt a little Mm -hmm. bit like, okay, I finally, I get to do what I love and not have to work somewhere else to pay the bills. And it's all lining up. And then, oh, that didn't last very long. So, yeah, I would say, I would say just kind of just a frustration with like, why isn't this happening the way I know that I feel God's call in my life for it to be? Yeah. You know what I mean? What would I totally do? I think I might still be there in some ways. Yeah, no, that's true. That's a really good point. I am too, in some ways, because, yeah, I mean, for you, I don't know. I guess you just look ahead and think, why am I not there instead of here? Yeah. Well, I think I like, I put in so much hard work and I want the results quicker. And I think we're just kind of trained. Like that's our society nowadays. Everything's so fast, you know? Yeah. Um, So what would you say to your, like, what advice would you give to your younger self that is, you know, disappointed or maybe frustrated with the timing? Well, this sounds really basic, but I think I would say to myself, which is kind of what I did at the time, is just keep doing it. <laughs> just keep swimming. <laughs> like Dory. Keeping faith. <laughs> keep swimming. I Let's guess. Just be faithful. Yeah. Just um just keep doing the things you know you're supposed to do and say say yes to the opportunities that do come because you don't know really what those are going to evolve into that might be the way that something else is opened up, you know? Yeah. Well, for you, it is an interesting story that I'd love people to hear because all of a sudden a door opened for you when you guys were in Vegas and that led to some things that led to some things. So let's talk about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, we, when we moved to Las Vegas, I had, we had our first child was three months old and I had left that full-time ministry position. So it was a lot of transition. You know, I was in a new town, mm-hmm. a new home. My husband had a new job. We were at a new church. There's a new person in our family. And I was definitely feeling like, you know, who am I? <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> um, right. But but then a friend of mine called and told me that there was a show in down on the strip that was the second city and it's a, a sketch comedy show. And I was, I knew there was a, sh- I knew there was a second city theater there. I did not know they were doing an audition to start a new show that would be totally an improvised show. Mm-hmm. But a friend of mine told me about this audition they were doing. Now, under normal circumstances, I would have never done something like that. But it just so happened that while we were in Michigan, I had spent a couple of years at the second city there as part of their training conservatory, just to kind of, you know, hone my chops, I guess. I don't know if that's the right yeah. I think I'm mixing yeah. up two phrases, but, um, <laughs> and that was just, again, like, why not? It'll help me get better. And when I do things on stage and, you know, I didn't really have like a goal necessarily to do anything with it. So when this opportunity so you took, so yeah. you took improv classes 
just to help you be a better speaker or what was your thought behind yeah, doing that? Yeah, to be a better speaker, to be, I was doing, um, we had a drama ministry at the church I was at that I was helping to lead and just wanting to get stronger at doing scenes for that. And, and also just kind of maybe be more comfortable with just kind of rolling with things like you never know what's going to happen in a live yeah. setting. So yeah, just to kind of get right. better at that, you know? Yeah, that's pretty brave. Um, I've never, like, I took an improv class in college because it was required. Um, <laughs> but I remember my brother as an adult, he's like in business. He's an architect, you know, and he's like, uh, I'm going to take an improv class. I'm like, why? why? I'm thinking, why would you torture yourself? <laughs> well, because there's comfort in the script, right? I mean, it's like, yeah. you know, that's... yeah at least you know what you're doing and you can have a plan. That's the tricky part is you can't plan an improv. Right. So right. maybe that helped me <laughs> with my life because <laughs> it just was all one big improvised thing, which, you know, <laughs> not to get too meta, but that is all of our lives. So we should all yeah, be no taking kidding. improv, I guess. We should and finding <laughs> the humor in the unexpected. Right, right. right yeah. Yeah. So I, um, so anyway, I, long story short, I went and auditioned with people who had come from all over the country. I drove from my house that was like 10 minutes away from the Flamingo, <laughs> went down there, you know, found a sitter. I, I was probably the only one with kids and it was weird. But, um, and, and then I got cast. And so I was in this show for the four years that I lived in Las Vegas. So it was really wow. cool. Wow. And so it was fully improvised. So give us an idea. What did a day in a life look like when you were in that show? Right. Well, the first thing that I will say to paint the picture is that our show typically happened at 10 or 1030 at night. <laughs> this, is wow. like, this is like a whole different audience that you have <laughs> in Vegas at 1030 at night. So let's just say that. Yeah. Um, but the cast, we kind of varied in number. We typically had around six uh, in the cast. And then we had this guy, uh, this could be a whole nother conversation, but he was the um, musical director. And so he would sit on the side of the stage at the piano. And while we were making up scenes and all sorts of stuff, because nothing is scripted, he would be underscoring it. Or while we were making up a song, he would be making up the music that went with our made up song. I mean, it was oh my gosh. crazy. He was so talented, is so talented. He's still alive. Um, and so, yeah, so we would do these shows where every single uh, piece in the show was something that we would do based off of an audience suggestion. So we'd get, wow. you know, tell us somewhere you went on vacation or what's the last thing you spent on your credit card or give us a relationship. And then we yeah. would just start a scene and, and go for it. So it was very unpredictable. You know, you never, you, yeah. you'd, you'd run up the, our dressing room was downstairs of the stage and you would run up the stairs leading up to the opening of the show. Like, well, who knows what this is going to be? I mean, you just, <laughs> you have no idea. So you have to trust each other. And that's why, you know, a lot of people yeah. accidentally when they're, you know, maybe introducing me, they'll say that I did stand up or whatever which I totally respect anybody that can do stand up because you're up there by yourself. Like if you yeah. bomb, you're on your own. There's no one to blame, but you. Yeah. Whereas improv, yeah. it's on, it's, you, you have a whole team there of people that are out on the limb with you and, and there's something really powerful in that, you know? 
Right. Someone who can pick up the ball if yours is not going well. Yes. Yeah. That's such a good way to put it. Yeah. Like that, like you toss out something and it just bombs and they're there to be on your team and, and help you. And and that's really important. Yeah. There's been a a couple improv moments when it was in a scripted show where I remember one time I completely spaced out and I didn't know where we were in the scene. (gasps) And I was like, oh, yeah, professional show, you know, like people paid to be there. Yeah. And um, you're ruining and I remember, everything. Yeah. And there's three of us on stage. And um, I remember looking at the girl next to me and my eyes must have told it all. I mean, sometimes you go on automatic. People don't realize you're watching these shows and I could do a whole scene and come off stage like I did. I was not present. Like yeah. that was all Oh, I on. believe that. I believe that. Yeah. And um, and so she fed me a question that <laughs> helped me remember where yes. we were. Oh, oh my gosh. So it was good. horrible. <laughs> yeah. That is like my nightmare. I always feel like what if somehow in some crazy world I got thrown into a show and I didn't know the parts. I don't know. I don't know why I even think about yeah. that. But yeah, you've re- yeah, you've really experienced it. And I, oh, yeah. I have on a smaller level, but I would think with I'm surprised that was only one time that happened to you. Oh no! It's I've missed <laughs> I've missed my entrance and made other people have to ad lib oh on stage. God, I missed an entrance once. Okay, so we all of us who were in the improv show. The other part of our job is that we were all understudies in the sketch show. So okay. We all had. So there were two women in the main sketch show. So I would understudy both women. Um, so I would get called if either of them were sick, on vacation, whatever. So you had to learn their lines, which was the easy part. It was yeah. all the other, the entrances and the prop movement yeah. and all that. So no joke, one time I was backstage. I was in filling in in one of these shows and I was backstage and I was supposed to not only be out there and there's really quick transitions between the scenes, right? Because there's like a funny yeah. laugh, the lights go out, the music blares. And the lights come back up eight seconds later on a new scene. So what was really funny about this is not only did I not even get out there when the lights came up, but then it was just this dead air while we all sort of realized that I was supposed to be (laughs) out there. And what was funny is one of the things I was supposed to bring out was a chair for the guy who was out there to sit on. So in other words, he in the dark thinking, I mean, he didn't fall, but he, okay. he's basically like air squatting on <laughs> waiting for me to put those chair underneath him. <laughs> like not coming for like another, you know, five, six, seven seconds. And he's sitting there like, what is going on? <laughs> That's so awesome. So, yeah, no, like, that was... People have... People have no idea. You people who go to shows, you just look for the blo- the bloopers. They're every show. There's something. Oh gosh. Yeah, um, it's better. I, remember, if I was backstage. Like I was backstage, and someone came for me and goes, "What are you doing? You're supposed oh, to be no. on stage." I was oh, like, no. "Oh my gosh!" And so it was terrible. It was a guy I was dating at the time was on stage by himself, having to ad lib until I showed up. He was so mad at me. Oh, but so did it you kind of complicated. Know what scene you were going into. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I was God. just talking backstage and not paying attention and. Another time I was on a national tour and um, I finished my scene and I needed to go off stage left and come around and come back on stage right to go on a set piece that got wheeled in. Yeah. 
And I was hiding behind the set piece until the end of that scene. And then I show up um, like, hey, I've been here the whole time. Well, I went to the bathroom. I just had to, had to go to the bathroom. And I didn't have time to go to the bathroom because the set piece was getting wheeled out. Right. Oh, no. And oh, I got in so much trouble from the stage manager. Like, what were you thinking? I'm like, I don't know. I just forgot. Like, <laughs> and I the part where I take a potty break. Yeah. I mean, I ruined the whole gag. Like the oh. whole, there was no gag because I wasn't there. Oh um, and so, you know, yeah, lots of improv with, did you ever, like, I don't know if you guys did this ever, but we played past the quarter. No. Where someone starts off in the beginning of the show with a quarter oh. and you have to hand it off and whoever ends up with the quarter at the end of the show loses. I and love so that. I was, we're doing West Side Story. And at the end, uh, Maria is crying over Tony um, because he's dead, right? Or not the end, like wherever that is in the show. Yeah. She's, yeah, pretty much at the end, right? So he's cry- she's crying over him. He's there laying there dead. She has the quarter and she puts it in his hand and he can't get rid of it because he's dead. <laughs> oh, my God. So, well, it's like when you do things that are so, that become kind of rote and, you know, you just have to keep repeating them. You have to find ways yeah. to enliven it I guess yeah yeah that's true okay we got completely off course everyone I'm sorry you came here for a spiritual conversation but it is spiritual when we're talking about improv um it is a spiritual experience (laughs) (laughs) so all right well let's transition to um the topic today which is you have such a great perspective on saying yes and to God because of what you've experienced in improv. So share more about that. Well, so in improv, number one rule is to say yes. And that just means that whatever suggestion is brought, whether it's from the audience or from your castmate in the scene with you, that you accept it. And and that's important because since you don't know where the scene is going and you're writing it together, literally, you you have to say yes because that's how you keep going. Right. So that whole concept, because it's such a foundational part of improvisation, I had been thinking about that for a number of years because I had just been in the improv world for, you know, a while. And as I thought about it on a spiritual level, I guess I just felt like, you know, we step onto the stage in this show with this, this real intention of, of saying yes, no matter what. And Mm -hmm. in a way, I think that is what God's inviting us to do in our lives with him, where when things come our way or, you know, we see gifts from him or we see direction from him to, to accept that and to say yes to that, even if we don't fully know how it's going to play out. And I should just clarify too, I don't mean like every request that comes your way or everything that somebody wants you to do for them say yes. I don't mean that. I just mean that when we kind of see God's prompting and we feel his leading so often, I guess I can speak for myself that because we are afraid or we don't quite know how it's going to play out or it's not going to play out the way that we've been waiting for it to play out, our inclination, I think a lot of times is to not fully step in to what God's inviting us to. So just taking this whole perspective of what if our entire posture toward God was to say yes to what he brings, even if we don't know how it's going to play out. So that was that mm-hmm. part of it. 
And what's the and part of it? So the other rule, kind of the second rule that comes after yes is yes and. And what that means is just that when somebody offers something in a scene, say they give you who your character is or they give you a specific um, suggestion, that first you say yes, which is to accept it, and then you build on that, and that's kind of the and. So I don't know, like, so throw something out at me that might you might say in the All right, so I'll give you a word like, um, you're funny. Okay, cool. So if I, so if you say you're funny, then me saying yes to that, I might just say yes. And then when I and it, it's adding to that. So, so you say you're funny and I say, well, thank you for that. And I love making you laugh. So it's just adding something on that keeps the relationship and the scene going. That's all that yes and is. Um, Right. So again, kind of turning it to a spiritual corner, what I truly, I think, appreciate so much about my relationship with God and like all of ours is that it's not a one-sided thing. You know, it's a relationship. Mm -hmm. So as God brings these things in my life that I'm saying yes to, I believe that there's a lot of freedom for us in relationship with God to add our own twist or add our own creativity that is, of course, God-given. But I just think there's this back and forth as we write our story together with God that the idea of yes and really exemplifies of I receive what God has for me and then, okay, God, what about this? I have this idea. What about this? And then he gets back, like, not gets back, like he gets back, like he emails mm-hmm. you back, you know, as he yeah. does. Um, <laughs> yeah. But then you might send him like, oh, yes, yeah. And what if you talk to this person about it? Oh, yeah, this person. And what if, you know, and it just kind of builds mm-hmm. in a very organic way. And I kind of look at my whole relationship with God like that, if that makes sense. It does. You know, it reminds me of um, two different ways that I've used yes and. One's in ministry and one's in coaching. And in like a women's retreat, there's a woman in a circle and there's one person in the middle. And people like will say what they see in her. And so they might Mm. say, you're, you know, for instance, you're funny. And then the next person goes, yes, you're funny and you're a good listener. And then each person takes their turn to kind of affirm that person. Um, That's awesome. And then in coaching, um, if you're doing group coaching, everyone goes around a circle, like takes turns again. I'm thinking of a circle, but you take turns. So say I've got um, a question. I'm like, I'm not really sure what to do about this situation. And someone says, well, you could do blah, 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 blah. And the next person goes, yes, and you could do this. Yes, and or yes, or you could do this. And everyone, it's a way for everyone to give ideas. And mm-hmm. I don't know why it, it does something in the brain because you're just like, yes, I agree with you. It like builds momentum, I guess. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. We we use the concept of yes and in our brainstorm meetings. We mm-hmm. So I'm part of a creative arts team here at Crosslands. And so when we're coming up with creative ideas for the service, we'll all write down an idea from the topic. And then we'll go around and read the idea and then we'll take a minute for yes and, which is anything else that sparked from that idea, you know? Right. So yeah, I agree. It definitely, it just keeps the momentum going. It sparks new ideas. It, 
it's it's so collaborative. I mean, that's, yes. and again, you know, like I said, with improv, it's, it's on, it is collaborative because it's ensemble. And of course, that's what our lives are too. So. Totally. Well, yeah, how yes does, and is powerful. It is so powerful. Yes. And it's freeing. <laughs> <laughs> well played, Jill. <laughs> Thank you very much. High fives to myself. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it that was freeing for sure. It is. So how does freedom really tie into this idea of yes and? Well, again, it's that I, I think it's that that interaction. I, I don't believe that God has this super detailed blueprint plan for every single step I'm going to take in my life. And part of why I don't believe that is because that's not what we see in scripture. You know, we see God mm-hmm. sort of interacting and changing his mind and, you know, kind of readjusting the plan. Um, The other reason I don't believe that is because if that's true, then if I went to the wrong college, then I met the wrong best friend, then I moved to the wrong town. You know, it's like everything builds on one wrong decision, I guess. So, yeah. but what, what that means then is that while there is certainly, I think, a broader intentionality of what does it look like to live into God's love and to be healed and to live into the restoration that we have in Christ? That is all the forward trajectory, I think, that we as believers are called to live into and to live toward. But as we do that, again, in the writing of our story, in some of us, it's what career we choose or which job we take in in a career we feel called to, or even who we marry or who we decide to invest as a friend or, you know, down to Mm -hmm. which house are we going to buy, whatever, like all of these decisions that we make that make our lives go in a certain trajectory. I really think that it is a very give and take conversation that we have with God. And there's freedom in that because instead of me as the, as the follower trying to, well, I hope I get it right. What's the right thing? What's Mm -hmm. the right thing? What's the right thing? There's freedom to, to have a sense of like, well, what is, what is the good thing right now? What, what feels like you have a leaning toward that? Because I, you know, I think we can honor God and follow God in, in a number of different decisions, right? Yeah. I think God is, I mean, that's his character to say, yes, yes, my daughter, I'm proud of you. Yes. I want you to go for that. Yes. I believe in you more so than no, but you know, that sounds a little more restrictive. Um, Right. Not like I'm not talking about sin, you know, clearly, but, you know, God does say, you know, no, I don't have that for you. Mm -hmm. Um, But he often is telling me, I hear him saying yes to me more than no. And he's often encouraging me say, yes, you can, you can do that podcast and you can do it with people you don't know. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. And then, and at the same time, it's like, if you decided not to do it and then you picked up something different, I, I don't know yeah. that God's like disappointed in that, you know, no. <laughs> it's He's... just this sense, like you said, of like, yeah, let, let's do that. Oh yeah. You want to do that? Oh, that's good. Yeah. Let's do it. I, I, let's, let's, I like it that way. I like that. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's, um, 
one of those things of God that I didn't really understand until I started walking with him longer, that Mm -hmm. he didn't have, because of free will, he loves free will. He gave it to us. He, he's a creative God. He's always creating. And he wants to see what are you going to create and make with the gifts and talents I've given you. And with, with me saying, yes, I'm behind you. Sometimes I I hear people say, well, I'm going to make sure this is from God, or I'm going to ask. I'm not discounting prayer. I mean, absolutely. I ask him about everything all day. So when I do have a big decision, I kind of, we've had conversations all leading up to this. Yeah, we've been talking about this. (laughs) It's like you feel like with God, like, oh, I know what what is a good decision because this has been something in ongoing conversation. Right. And I might have to pause maybe. I Mm -hmm. mostly pause like before I spend lots of money, you know, (laughs) like, like, okay, let's, let's, let's talk about this and, you know, show me or like when I'm wanting to be convicted about sin or how to better a relationship. There's lots of things I pause more on. But as far as dreams and goals and things I want to do for God or even for family or fun or often he's like green light until I show you red light. Like, just go for it. Yeah, that's such a good way to look at it. And I love what you said about that he, I think, takes joy in watching us use the gifts he's given us for, mm-hmm. you know, to, to to reveal him more and to show his love and to point people to Jesus and whatever that is. So I absolutely think there's such freedom in that. So that's kind of why, for me, that's what it ties to when I think about Yes And in particular. That's so cool. You know, I'm sure there are times when you didn't say yes to God. Was there a time like that that you can share with us? <laughs> um, or you didn't want to say I yes? Would, yeah, I definitely, I definitely have learned <clears throat> that even a reluctant pouty yes can still count as a yes. <laughs> um, I one, I guess one thing I think of is that I... So even though, so, okay, when we first moved to the Bay Area, I live in California in the Bay Area. And when we first moved here, I went on a women's retreat with our church. And I was so excited to go because it was my first weekend to be away from, we had a second kid by then. And, you know, she was coming on a year and this was like, finally, like I get to go away and just be with (laughs) women and not have to lead anything. And I was so excited to just have a weekend where I could just absorb and listen to the speaker and, you know, all that stuff. Right. Well, um, the one who was the speaker at this retreat that was not just our church happened to be our women's director. And she knew that I ultimately was wanting to speak more and knew that that was part of what God was calling me to, but I was still really new here in this area. And just, like I said, kind of still transitioning from having a baby and all that. So the very first night, the very first session, Friday night, I'm walking to the session and I remember it was pouring down rain, which I did not mind at all. It didn't dampen my spirit, no pun intended. Because I love the rain. And I was like, this is so great. It's going to be such a great weekend. (laughs) And I walked in and no joke, she comes right over to me and tells me that one of the breakout speakers for the following day had gotten sick and that she told them that I would fill in and I would teach a one hour workshop the next day. (laughs) And I was like, 
no. <laughs> I mean, I didn't say that outside. In outside, I said, oh, well, let me pray about that. But inside, I was like, no. <laughs> That's not what this weekend was supposed to be. You know. Yeah. So I go, I go into the session. And I don't know, I mean, I don't remember anything about what she talked about, what the music was, anything. All I remember is just sensing God saying, you need to say yes to this. This is something I'm giving you. And me just being like, no, I don't want to say yes. I don't want to have to work this weekend. Anyway, I said yes, Hmm. even though I was pouty about it. And what happened was that, you know, somebody went to that workshop that I did and was moved by what I talked about. And then she invited me to come speak at their women's group. And then somebody at that was from a different church and out of that invited me to come do a retreat. And then somebody came to that retreat and, and no joke, like I can look at things now on my speaking calendar that I can like ancestry.com back (laughs) to, to that saying yes and, and being, being, stepping into that opportunity, even though I didn't want to. So, so Mm, I look and I think like, had I said no, had I passed that up, had I said no, be out of fear, out of selfishness, out of like, that's not my expectation, whatever. Um, I just wonder if things would have gone really differently. Not to say that God wouldn't have still done whatever he was going to do, you know, but I, I look back at that, like that was a close one. Like I, (laughs) <laughs> you could have said no and how much really, really cool stuff would I have missed out on because of that. Right. That is such a good story. I'm sure everyone has something that's come to mind as sure. I did, as you were sharing, like, oh, that's right. There is a time I said yes. And man, that really has begun the ancestry, <laughs> you know, <laughs> funnel of my life that led to this. I remember I was on staff at a church and it was considered a mega church. And they had said, oh, well, you're you've been an actor, so you're comfortable on the platform. So why don't you give announcements? And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Like those are unscripted. Like, you know, <laughs> like, you don't understand. Um, That's not what I do. Right. And I remember like as the first time I was going out to do it, I was so nervous because I, you know, couldn't have notes with me. And they were like, just mention these things. And, you know, here's the date. It was simple, really. But I was in front of all these people being me instead of being a character. Right. And I remember standing behind the door that would lead to the platform. And I said, God, why are you making me do this? (laughs) And and he said, Jill, I need you to get comfortable speaking on stages. Mm. And I was like, you know, I was 34. I had been saved for a year. Speaking on stages was not anything. It made no sense to me, you know. Mm. But now I understand that that was the beginning of God saying, I want to give you experience, not only speaking in front of you know, so for other people, it could be whatever that experience is, whether it's your own junk you need to get over or mm-hmm. it's for other people. And for me, it was I need I had to pray for people then I had to pray over the offering and I learned to be comfortable with walking in spirit with God because I did not have the experience. I didn't feel qualified um, and God just moved through me and I got used to what that felt like to say mm-hmm. yes to him. So I agree with you. Our very pouty yes, our yes that's shaking or yes 
combined with a no, don't make me do this again. I'll do it one time. But, you right, know. right, right. <laughs> um, and there's so much more. We never know what God's doing. He's so good. Right. And so do you like, did that, it sounds like that kind of led to more opportunities and growth for you in that. It did. Um, the next job I had was leading um, what we call an artist program. I worked with Christian artists and musicians from all over the country on their nas- on their tours. And when they would go on a tour, um, I would often present the need for a Bible translation from the platform. Oh. And so I represented our organization and did a, you know, like a fundraising kind of call to action. And, um, but I had to craft it myself. And, and then I would train the Christian artists on how to do that as well. Um, and then from there I was, you know, we were hosting uh, or sponsoring conferences and then I'd get asked to speak at that conference. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and that was before my ministry launched. And so, yeah, it really, I saw God giving me experiences and opportunities to grow with like, you have two minutes. Now you have a five minute presentation and now you have a 10 minute workshop. I'll never forget. I was asked to teach a workshop at a conference where we were a sponsor and I just didn't feel qualified. So here's how good God is. Cause I was like, yes, but (laughs) I was like, yes, but, and he did the most fun thing. I had worked with Ruth Graham, Billy Graham's daughter Mm -hmm. at an event. And I called her and I said, I see you're a keynote speaker. I'm doing a workshop. Will you teach it with me? (laughs) I don't even know. I don't know what gave me the guts to ask her. I have no idea. Fear. Lots of fear. She said yes. And this beautiful woman of God who was a keynote speaker was not too prideful to step down into the workshop space with me. And we didn't even stand on the platform in this workshop. She goes, why don't we just sit on the end of the stage and talk to them? Oh, my gosh. And I learned so much from her, watching her love these women. Um, And we just sat there and we talked about, like, it was a topic for um, women in ministry. And Mm -hmm. um, it was beautiful. I learned so much from her. So I said my yes, but to God, he added a, okay, and. (laughs) Like, watch what I'm going to do here. This is going to blow your mind. Yeah. That, That is a really amazing story. Well, and also it makes me think too, like, even just going back to when you were asked to do the announcement, that that person who asked you in their way was also saying yes to God um, Mm -hmm. by inviting you um, who didn't have the experience into this space. And so even as we are saying yes, moving forward in our own path, being Mm -hmm. also used by God to invite people to have their chance to say their own yes you know yeah and that that's something now that I am enjoying because now that I'm sort of like a little bit on the I'm for you know 46 so I'm a little bit past the I'm really new at this but so I have a handful of people who are you know in their 20s or early 30s who I get the opportunity to maybe invite them into something that otherwise wouldn't have been there for them, you know? Yeah. I think that's so important is to be looking for those other people that God is inviting and us coming alongside of them to say, yeah, I see this in you. Will you mm-hmm. say yes? And I'll, you yeah. know, even if we're their and like Ruth Graham was to me. 
mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like to be there with them. That's really beautiful. So share more about that. So you're you and your husband pastor church in um in the San Francisco Bay Area. And what is the thing you love most about this season of your life? Well, I think what I love most is that I get to do a lot of things that I like and I feel like I'm gifted at them, I guess, if mm-hmm. that makes any sense. I, I know that mm-hmm. and we kind of talked about this at the beginning that you sometimes have to spend a lot of years paying your dues, so to speak, where you just have right. to do what is necessary. And not that I have, of course, I still have stuff that I got everybody has to do stuff they don't want to do. But what I love about this, so at our church, there's probably about nine of us pastors. And my husband's a senior pastor and I'm one of the teaching pastors. And so I'm here like half time. And then the other half, I get to write and speak and do that ministry that's kind of adjacent to what I do with the church. And while that makes for a really crazy schedule and kind of having to switch directions multiple times throughout any given day, I also mostly feel really thankful that that I get to create what this looks like. And I guess, you know, not even intending it to go back to the yes and, but I guess it does yeah. kind of go back to the yes and because saying yes to a call in ministry, to saying yes to, you know, becoming a pastor, to saying yes to a broader reach in my speaking ministry or whatever um, I love the freedom to get to do that, and I know that I know that not not everyone has the um, family support to maybe say yes all the time, or um, just whatever resources you need to be able to take some risks. So I'm thankful mm-hmm. that I'm at a place where I get to serve at a church without any limits, just based on my giftedness and nothing else, and that. I get to then also partner with so many other people and and kind of bring something to their ministry that is maybe what they're needing right now, you know? So I guess yeah. I just, I'm really thankful. And then on top of that, I have like a five minute commute to work. So that I'm always yes. thankful for. <laughs> That's super great. I love you. My, my commute is about Maybe I, I got you beat, girl. My commute oh, no. is from my bedroom to my I office, was, so I can do it in like 30 seconds. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Uh, yeah. You got but, me beat. Yeah, but I'll tell you what. You probably get dressed and put makeup on every day, so <laughs> there's some pros. Most here. of the time. Most, everybody knows when I'm getting my hair. I have really short hair, so mm-hmm. everybody knows when I'm getting my hair cut that day because I just have a hat on. Like So most <laughs> of the time, I do my hair, but... One day, every eight weeks, I wear hat. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love it. I've got to do mine more than eight weeks. I got some gray coming out that shows up oh, around five or six, you know? Yeah. Well, you got to embrace it. got to embrace the gray. Um, okay. <laughs> As I say, with my, my whole head is bleached blonde, so what am I talking oh, see. about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> I'm still learning to embrace, I guess, a few things. Um, so one of the things that you did at your job, and I know we have to wrap up this podcast because people are, you know, probably wondering when they're in, they can get off. Not right, yet, right. okay, people. Not yet. Chill, chill, um, you guys. That's right. Enjoy this. Um, so, so one of the things you did at your ch- for your church was you made a video for a leadership thing, right? Yes. 
So someone that we, well, our literary agent sent me uh, a link to your website and this video, and I cracked up and I sent it to all of my girlfriends in leadership. It is so brilliant. Tell me, I, 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 we won't do justice on a podcast, but tell everyone a little bit about what that was for, why you made it. Okay. So I made that for a leadership conference that I am a part of. Well, it's kind of a larger ministry, but this conference was one piece of it called Lead Bold. And it is specifically a community of women leaders who are in ministry. Mm-hmm. And we had our inaugural conference uh, this past fall, and we happen to have it here at my church, Crosslands. And so for that, I created this video that So it's called Inside the Mind of a Leader, and the idea is that we all sort of have all these different voices and, I don't know, I guess voices (laughs) in our minds and different tendencies and different things that we lead with, you know. Um, And so the premise of this video is that all of these different voices and aspects of of me or of a leader, in this case it's me because I'm in the video, are sitting around a table as if they're all having a meeting before the the person wakes up. It's like five in the morning. They're all going to coordinate how we're going to lead today type of thing. Right. So I just play all these different characters. There's <laughs> anxiety. There's know-it-all. There's confidence. Um, there's a, there's a, a late arrival reveal of denial, <laughs> which is right. one of my favorites. Um, and then there's laziness. No, it's fatigue. Sorry, there's fatigue. And then there's enthusiasm. And so it's just these characters all who are representing the same leader, but who just come with their different desires and their tendencies and their perspectives. And it just all is basically a picture inside of my brain. And I can only assume every other woman who's in a leadership position's brain as well, because there's a lot going on. Yes. And so people understand it, it. it's like the clips go from, obviously you're not superimposed in many, it's not everyone right. on the, in the camera scene at one time, but you'll see a clip of, you know, fatigue and then a clip of encourager and fatigue is like, we can't possibly do this. And whatever the encouraging one is like, oh my gosh, it's going to be so much fun. And totally. It, yeah. And then anxiety is like, oh my gosh, why are we keeping saying yes to everything? There's too many things. We have to stop. It's going to fail. <laughs> so funny. It is so funny, people. You need to go. I will put that link in the show notes so people can go see it. But awesome. you perfectly described me and so many of my girlfriends who have said yes and to so many things yes, as a woman true. leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have, you know, different personalities that come out at different times. Um, but brilliant. Friend, I have Thanks. so enjoyed our conversation today. It's been really fun. Me too. I am looking forward to more and really excited to get some time with you today and to hear more of your story and just really fun to share. Yes. So thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Well, friends, that is our episode today, and I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And if you did, there's a few things I'd love for you to do. Number one, you can subscribe. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, and it'll be ready whenever you are. And second, if the ministry has impacted you, you can help me by reaching others by leaving a review and some stars, or click on the link in the description, and you can give to support the show. 
So again, thank you for listening to my podcast today. You can learn more from Andrea when you go to jillmonaco.com and visit the podcast page. Just click on the show notes to find all the links we mentioned today, including her website, which is andreacoleyspeaks.com. Thanks for tuning in today, my friends. And remember, love well, you were made for it.